you know a spot. But not just a spot. The spot. Actually, with the all-new Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots? Being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your Frontier in the all-new 2022 Nissan Frontier. With standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-foot of torque. I think it was Pasolini did, in black and white, The Gospel of Mark, Italian movie maker, years ago. And in it, Jesus came across as almost ADD. Okay, now, because that's how Mark writes the gospel, Jesus is not an attention deficit, but he comes across. Now, just listen to this. I mean, this is only a preface because it's, it's Mark's gospel. Okay, he enters the house of Simon. He grasps the hand of, of the, uh, the, the mother-in-law. He, she, then she starts waiting on them. It was evening, and now he's going out to the deserted areas and taking care of those who possess them by demons. Then the whole town gathers around him. Then he leaves there and goes someplace else, permitting the devils not to talk to him. Then he rises up the next morning, and he goes off to a deserted place and prays. Simon says, everybody's looking for you, and he, his response is, okay, let's go to the next village, because that's where I'm here to preach, blah, 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 blah. I mean, I'm not, sorry, Jesus, I mean, blah, blah, blah. But you, you get that speed? That's Mark's gospel. I mean, you realize he entered the synagogue and we got to the whole thing as to what he was doing the next day after prayer. That's Mark's gospel. So when we read it, we got to appreciate that movement of the gospel. Even that, even that aspect that's called the secret of, of Mark, uh, Jesus doesn't p- permit the demons to speak because they know who he is. We talked about that last week, and, and we get that idea. But he's finally revealed, don't forget, it's a poetic composition, the gospel. It's finally revealed on the cross who he is. Truly, this is the Son of God. That's not the theme of today's homily, however. I have a question. What happens to the believer when the bottom drops out? The gospel and the readings today... I think, have a very interesting movement. Depression, hope, healing. Say depression, everybody perks up. Because we know what that is. The blues, the, the situational depression, the chronic depression. Depression. Where is that? In Job. Again, a piece of poetry, Job's book, the book of Job, is not a historical figure, but it's the composition of the authors of scriptures who were inspired by God, the authors of scriptures trying to get us to realize that this is the world. And in the world, things don't always go our way. And it's, it's part of the human condition to suffer, to rejoice, yes, but also to suffer. So it's not that unusual when we have situational or specific chronic depression. Now, just a little background about Job. The book was written when Jews did not yet understand or have a concept of life after death. That comes very clearly with Jesus. 
And not only does life after death come with Jesus, but life eternal comes with Jesus, who conquered death because of the resurrection. See how we're resurrection people? That, that's the whole foundation of our faith, the fact that Jesus is with us, alive, resurrected. Okay, so we have this, this situation, and Job is saying, you know, life is miserable. I'm, I'm awful, I feel terrible, no one loves me, I'm depressed, I lost my whole family. And, and just a little background, tiny, tiny background. He was very wealthy, and it, it takes place like a play. And the devil and God are in conversation. This is, again, this is not history, this is an author, uh, a wisdom book author, writing, what happens if good people suffer? They're going to leave you, God. That's the basic conversation between the devil and God. And God says, no, 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 it's not going to happen. If they're faithful, I hold on to them, they hold on to me. So the devil says, let's, let's get somebody. Let's look at Job. Okay, he's wealthy, a lot of kids, family, cows, dogs, cats. He's doing very well. He, his wife loves him. He's faithful, blah, 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 blah. Let's see what happens if we remove one thing at a time. Now, this sounds irritating. It's poetry, it's a book of the scriptures, but don't forget, the scriptures are inspired by God. God is the creator. He knows us, he has us in the palm of his hand. So what's in scripture is for us as a guideline, and God is speaking to us through the scriptures, whether it's a letter, or whether it's, it's a piece of history, or whether it's a gospel, or whether it's a, a, a wisdom literature. God is speaking to us through the authors in their time, with their contingencies, their abilities. So in Job, the author is inspired to look at what happens when bad things happen to good people? And you couldn't get a better guy than Job. And that's what the whole story is about. How Job eventually loses everything. And as you heard from this section, he's, he finds himself on a dung, dung heap outside the town. So, and those words, I hope are not familiar with you, to you, but they really are in some ways to all, to all of us. Isn't my life a drudgery? Things are just, yeah, dung. Can't say the other word in church. You know, um, I'm like a slave. This is Job. I'm like a slave, like a hireling. And I barely make ends meet. I can't, I can't afford anything. When I'm in bed, tw twisting and turning, so when am I going to rise up? And then when I rise up, everything is just as bland and evil as it was before I went to bed. Life is without hope. You know what? I won't see hope again. My life is without meaning. That's depression. That's depression. Many of us have that wave of depression at one point in our lives because we're people we're not always up on our game and some things sometimes things don't go the right way so the author of the book of Job is trying to say I, I want you to understand how God understands you this is to us God understands us he gets it he sent his son so we could walk the, the, the way of earth to God in heaven. But he, he gets it. He's the one who inspired the scriptures so that they speak to us 
in the 21st century and un until Jesus returns in, in glory to speak to us so we get an idea of the, the communion between us and God. And in our scriptures, there's, there's a character that is so caught up in the communion he had with God that we love him, Paul. Paul was a, a Pharisee, persecutor of Christians, crazy man. He was persecuting them, dragging them out of the houses. They were Christian, they're dead or persecuted in another way. And one day on his road to Damascus, Paul is thrown off his horse, lands on his backside, and the voice in the light says, why are you persecuting me? And Paul says, who are you? I'm not persecuting you. I am Jesus. And when you persecute my people, you persecute me. Okay, now we have the bigger picture. The closeness of God to us. The closeness of God through Jesus to each one of us. Jesus identifies with us. We're members of his body. So when we suffer, he suffers and suffers with us. Paul makes a conversion, and it's in the book of Acts. You can read the details. Makes a conversion and becomes a great preacher and a great theologian. And his, his connection to Jesus is so interesting because he says, I'm an apostle. Well, he wasn't one of the 12. I'm an apostle. You're not an apostle. You didn't know. I knew Jesus better than you knew Jesus because the Jesus that appeared to me on the road to Damascus spoke to me. So I know Jesus God and I know Jesus of history. Through the stories of the other apostles and the evangelists, Paul has this human and divine connection by his revelation, God's revelation, Jesus' revelation to Paul. And what does Paul tell us today? I, I got to preach. I got to tell people the gospel. I got to do it. I, I, I'm compelled. And, and <laughs> there was another controversy going on. He wasn't getting paid, was getting paid. That's not our issue right now. But his, compel, his compulsion to preach and to, and to link the God of history to the God of, of divinity, the Jesus of history to the Christ of glory, that's his compulsion. And you and I profit from that compulsion. You and I, don't forget, scriptures were written by Paul. This section is written by Paul. Inspired by God. God tells Paul, in some way, don't know, wasn't there, in some way, write this. Tell people how compelled to preach you, you are. Tell people how wrapped up into my son you are. Tell people that one day in the 21st century, they'll know what a connection you have to my son, and they also have a connection to my son, Jesus Christ. With playing with the themes of depression, Paul represents a great deal of hope. That's what we have, and hope is not seen. It's not, nothing we can grasp at. Hope is something, like Paul had in Jesus, a connection that you couldn't beat. A connection you can't change. Unseen, but very real. Sometimes I tell people, they want to know, well, what's hope, what's, what's faith? It's as real as love. You can't hand it to somebody. But if you're loved, you know you're loved. And if you love, you know you love. So you know love is real. We're talking about hope. 
Once we hope, it's real. What does Jesus do with that hope? Jesus, we're going to go visit Peter. His mother-in-law is ill. This is the epitome of hope. Jesus comes and grasps her hand. Her hope is fulfilled in healing. We won't all be physically healed because of our faith in Jesus. But we all are invited to be spiritually healed and confident that Jesus is with me and grasping not only my hand, my heart, myself, my whole personality, when I trust him and when I put my faith in him. He grabs me and holds on to me. And whatever I pray for, whatever intentions, I pray to him, God's will be done. That's hope in action. So what does he do? He goes and grasps her hand and she gets up and she starts serving them. Now, please, I don't want to hear, you know, it's a chauvinist society and she was a woman, she had to serve the men. That's not the issue here. Because the same word of her, the mother-in-law, whose name we don't know, getting up to serve is the same word that is used, diakonia, is the same word that is used by Jesus when he's washing the feet of the disciples, when, by Jesus when he's going out to serve people. So she's serving as he serves. <laughs> That's us. We're invited to serve as God serves, as Jesus served us and serves us. And how do we serve? We serve by proclaiming the gospel. We, we, we serve by telling our story. We, we serve by reading the Holy Scriptures. We serve by understanding through Catholic and Christian media, technology, readings, literature, videos. We, that's how we serve. We, we fill ourselves up with more of God. We fill ourselves up with more knowledge of Jesus. We fill ourselves up because that continues the hope that we have. The more we know, the more we love him, the more we love him, the more we hope in him, and the more we hope in him, the more we can stand straight, depressed or not, we can stand straight. Because then we can put our depression before him and talk to him about it. As you know, I'm, I'm a therapist, so there is a place for medication in, in, in mental and emotional healing, yes. But medication and talk therapy go hand in hand. We who are not chronically depressed and go through situations of depression can pray. What's talking? Praying to God, the Creator, who knows us. Pray to Him. Let Him know what you're doing. Let Him know what you, what, what's going on in your life. He knows it, but we need to say it because we need to own it. And then we can imitate the mother-in-law who gets up and serves. What, what does she do? Jesus healed me. I'm going to go do something for somebody else. I'm going to play it forward, as they say. And Jesus doesn't stop there, as we, as we mentioned in the Scriptures. He goes on to another town. He goes on to... And what does Jesus go on to do? He goes on to pray. Even Jesus prayed. You don't have to pray. Even Jesus prayed to the Father for more enlightenment, for more strength, for more hope. And Jesus went through it. Don't forget, on the cross, he didn't say, yo, daddy, I'm, I'm all yours. It's great. It's been great being nailed to the cross. Where are you? 
he says to the Father. You have abandoned me. So good for us to know that this is the Son of God, Jesus in the flesh, went through a depression in his life, the feeling of abandonment. So he went through it. So you and I go through it. But into your hands I commend my spirit. And then, truly, this is the Son of God. Jesus is our hope. Jesus brings us all the healing we need if we open our eyes to it. Jesus gives us not only meaning in this life, but meaning in every relationship I have. And in every relationship, the opportunity to get closer to him by feeding the hungry, loving, forgiving, being kind, being civil, getting closer to hope that one day will be realized in eternal life for the Christian. We need to understand that in our lives there is depression, there is hope, and in Jesus Christ, healing. You know a spot, but not just a spot, the spot. Actually, with the all-new Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots? Being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your Frontier in the all-new 2022 Nissan Frontier. With standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-foot of torque. You know a spot, but not just a spot, the spot. Actually, with the all-new Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots? Being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your Frontier in the all-new 2022 Nissan Frontier. With standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-foot of torque.